Hey everyone, I am back with the amazing Dr. David Brownrider. Welcome back to the show. Um, today we're going to talk about your gut health and how, uh, how to improve digestion and, and your gut because a lot of people when they diet, there's some issues that come uh, and so it's, it's good to be aware of the situations and you know sometimes having that red flag like, okay, this isn't normal, what are things that people need to be looking at and doing? So David, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We love having you here. Oh. Thanks for having me back. All right, so let's get started with, can you kind of, for some people who don't know, like what, what does it mean, like gut health, diet, like what does that mean? Well, we don't really think of, of the intestines other than that, you know, we put food in there and then it digests and process out what we don't need and we keep in what we do. But if you really think about it, from the top of your body to the bottom of your body, there's an, there's an entry and exit point to the world, right? Mm -hmm. So when you put things in, you're putting things in from the outside part of the world into your body. Mm -hmm. Well, your gut has the ability to detect things in that you put in as being okay with me or not okay with me, and that's called the immune system. Mm -hmm. There are patches all along the tubing inside the smaller intestine parts that um, carry inflammatory or I'm sorry, immune cells like white blood cells and some other things that um, help recognize when something doesn't belong. And sometimes that's not even um, something that's normal. So, or something, I'm sorry, something that's normal that you should be able to process, but for some reason your internal programming says no. So when you put the food in, your immune system says, yeah, I don't like that. I'm going to kick up a fuss and turn on the, the soldiers, calls the soldiers to battle. The soldiers are the white cells. And that can create a number of different types of physical symptoms. Not only can it cause symptoms locally in the intestine, but the chemical releases also can put the rest of the body into some distress. Can you so, give us an example? Um, well, for some, for some, you know, a very obvious one would be to talk about gluten sensitivity. I'm not talking about celiac disease. That's a totally different, in many ways, a different issue. But let's just say you have a, or a lactose intolerance, where you put something in that would be normally, should be normally digestible, and that signal process happens. For some who have gluten intolerance, it can be just intestinal symptoms, like feeling full more than you normally would, or um, having diarrhea. Some people actually get joint pains or have worsening of skin conditions, like acne sometimes. And it's not the whole theory of eating chocolate makes you break out. That's not really that. But it can cause, like if you have eczema, dry skin inflammation troubles, it can make that worse. Okay. Yeah. I like that, that breakdown that it can vary from a, whole, a lot of different symptoms. Yeah, so you know, because it's because it's a defense mechanism. Our skin is a defense mechanism mechanism to the outside world. It protects the, the inner, everything underneath the skin from what's going on in the intestines. It's kind of like your internal skin layer. It protects you from the outside world as much as it can. But the program, if the programming is wrong, you're going to have you could have. You know, it's not serious, but you could have trouble and not just be miserable. Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about because I, I I know Donna has a lot of clients and he, I have a lot of clients of of women that we, not that men don't have this as well, but like they get bloated and it sticks around and they always ask, what is causing this bloating and how do I 
get rid of it? What are key factors that they need to do and look for uh, to avoid bloating? Well, bloating is a common, so there's this condition called irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. And now it has two other designations, IBSD, IBSC, and I think there's another one. But basically, IBSD means irritable bowels with diarrhea, and C would be constipation. And then there's the mixed bag scenario where it can be either or. All of those, all they mean is that for some reason, your gut is sensitive to some triggers, and sometimes we can't find them, and sometimes we can. And when, when it's going haywire, it can cause the motion of moving things through to slow down, <clears throat> which then, then can also develop some fullness from air from digestive processing that can cause you to feel full. Sometimes it's a matter of just, I'm not regular enough with my bowel habits, and that fills you up and can make you feel full as well. The most likely thing that helps for most is making sure you have adequate diet, uh, fiber in your diet. You know, if you're not getting enough fiber in your diet throughout the day rather than one big slam for the day, then you should be able to get that regulated as a rule. And that doesn't mean everybody, that's just the general guidance starting point. Because if you actually did some tracking and figured out not only are you looking at things like your macronutrients, but if you started counting your fiber, if you're under 25 to 30 grams of fiber in your daily intake, you're probably underdoing it. And that fixing that to get to that number gradually, instead of all in all at once, yeah. can make a difference to make things better. Yeah, it, it can be really uncomfortable if you're, say, 10 grams of fiber a day, and today I'm going to have 25 grams. You're going to feel that. Even without IBS, you're going to feel that. Um, it'll be full. It will be unpleasant. So what do you recommend? What are your top fiber sources? Anything that comes from the ground first. It, you know, it isn't, it isn't about supplements, but sometimes we have to rely on them to help us. Insoluble fiber and soluble fiber, both different kinds, are, are very helpful in, in the process. And in order to do that, you also need a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Another thing that people don't really think about, they don't really know, is that your, your colon, we talk about colon health, right? Your colon is actually a, an additional helper in regulating your fluid hydration status. So kidneys are the main ones. Everyone thinks about kidneys because they filter the blood and they produce a wasted water urine to get rid of toxins in your body from, from that perspective. But they also recognize, the kidneys are also filters that recognize how much water you're carrying in your, in your body. If there's a signal from the kidneys that there's a low water hydration state, there's a signal sent to the colon to say, hey, we need to borrow some of that water that you're passing through, pull it out of there. So the colon does, but what does that do to what's passing through? It dehydrates, it compacts, it makes it harder. So now you have an issue where things are going to be slower or very difficult or more difficult to pass because you're underhydrated. And when you're dealing with fiber, you can't just pour fiber in. It's kind of like pouring pancake batter in a bowl and a little bit of water and expecting to make batter. You're not going to really make it. It's going to become, you know, kind of hard instead of being wet enough to really make a pancake. It's kind of the same idea. Ooh, that's a good, uh, you know, 
observation or just a good perspective of how important it is, how much water to the pancakes. Like you, like you said, putting a little bit is not going to make too much of a difference. Yeah. That's really good. I'm, I'll probably never I just made that up. Well, that was great because I'll never look at pancakes. You never look at a pancake again. I'm not going to make it again. Come on, baby, make it some pancakes. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm going to go drink some water. What I'm going to do. Right. I love that. That's right. <laughs> that is awesome. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a huge thing for a lot of for a lot of people is is bloating. Not sure what to mm -hmm. do from that. What if it's like day three of bloating? They can't use the bathroom. They're trying to get in fiber. What would you recommend that they do? Well, I mean, there's, from a, from a doctor perspective, there are medical treatments that can help make things better. You know, and medications are not where I like to start because I feel like that patches a, a, an issue without really digging into the root of it. Um, but sometimes you have to do that, you know, and, and even using some over-the-counter, not laxatives like X-Lax or, or Fiber or um, Correct All, those types of things are, they're fine in the right circumstances for the right reasons, but generally those are really should be avoided. You really shouldn't be trying to force a bowel movement to happen with a laxative. You should really be trying to encourage regularity through fiber and hydration. But when you're stuck and things aren't really going so well, Miralax is a great choice for one. It's a very, very easy to get and the generic version of it's fine too. It doesn't really have to be Miralax the brand. But you can do that as a simple scoop once a day with plenty of water. And again, lots of water. I'm going to say that a lot with this. Can help bring some soluble, I believe it's soluble fiber into the pro into the process and help kind of make things happen. Yeah. So um, that's that's something that I lean on a lot. You can even go to Benefiber or Citric Citrusel or Metamucil or it, it, any of those are fine, but so you were gonna say I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um I think those are all great, great ideas. So hopefully if, if somebody has like a future issue, you better write those things down. Like make sure you have them in your cabinet so you're, you can get to them really quickly. Um, but let's say this is somebody's kind of lifestyle that they can only, they're, they're constantly bloated every day and they can only use the bathroom like once a week. What would you recommend that they need to start changing in their diet? And let's say that they are hydrated. What's missing? What are, what are they not doing? Okay, well then, then that brings the question about is there anything like food sensitivities that are not necessarily the common ones that we always think about. They could be, but sometimes, sometimes you have, you know, we all have our own fingerprints that identify us, right? We can have a fingerprint of the type of foods that don't work well with our systems. There, there are some tests that are out there that don't promote the use of medications to treat, but do give you a, a Kind of a blueprint of of what types of foods are going to trigger issues for you i have that issue with some of my family at home we know that if there's a certain food type in, in on the menu that the next day is going to be kind of miserable for that person you know and so we just take it out of the menu and that's that keeps things from happening and when you wander off the reservation you know oh gee yeah i guess i had that food item and it could be anything it could be it could be green beans it could be turkey it could be you know, you know it doesn't have to be the standard everyone thinks they have celiac or gluten or soy or lactose those are more common than the other ones but they're not the only ones and by taking 
things out of your system that cause that immune system we talked about earlier to be hypersensitive, you can calm down the whole system and make things work better. I don't think that you should necessarily um, think that you have to have a bombing every day. That is not everybody's norm. Some people are more frequent and some people are a little less frequent. And that's whatever that is. It comes down to a comfort thing. And if you're dealing with being bloated or being constipated or having diarrhea, you know, those are symptoms of irritability to the bowels or, you know, in more serious circumstances, that can be an inflammatory condition, which is not what we're talking about here. This is more irritable. Inflammatory are diseases like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis and some other ones like that, that actually your immune system isn't just responding to what you're eating. It's actually attacking your intestines and causing the symptoms to happen. That's a totally different problem and more serious. So many different avenues that this can go. Right. You so should involve your physician, though, to, be, yeah. to plug, a, plug the specialty a little bit. Make sure that you're talking to your doctor about it. Don't just try all of this stuff on your own. And to some extent, if you really want to find out what you're responding to or reacting to, um, you have to find a physician who actually understands that and is willing to test and not just pass it off as a simple, it's just irritable bowels and here's some medication to calm your symptoms down. Yeah, because, um, and it's such a good thing to just be aware of that, even though it's healthy, like you said, green beans or turkey, it might be causing something that you don't even realize and yet we're mm -hmm. eating it every day. So what's the best way for people to start pinpointing what it is that's irritating them? Is there a test that they could do? So should they change their menu? What's, what do they need to do? Well, well, it's a little bit of a sort of a tricky answer because there, there are plenty of theories around. You could probably pull up an internet search and find 10,000 different methods of how to fix your gut issue. I will never propose that doing a cleanse does anything. Your intestine self-reg cleans itself. Basically, over time, it's, it, it will develop a new layer and gets rid of the other layer that's there. So you don't have contents in your colon that have been there since your childhood. You know, so it's not that that doesn't. And there's concern that some of those um, self-reported or self-advertised cleanses actually can promote fluid imbalances. And if you're medically tricky, like you have a kidney problem or you're dehydrated already or, or some other issue, you can promote a, a bigger issue by all of the purging and diarrhea that comes from a cleanse. So, you know, I, I caution people about that and be very careful not to jump to that without really con, con, consulting with the medical per professional. Um, you can also do your own elimination diet which may or may not work. You pretty much have to be eating fairly purely in the first place to really know, or you're not eating anything that's processed. Because if you look at the list of ingredients on a box label, how many different things are in the box? You know, if you buy, you know, like the newer, like let's say the, the uh, quinoa pasta, you look on the box, it'll say quinoa, brown rice, and that's it. So you kind of know what's there. But if you take a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, and look at the label, you've got, you know, 20 something different items that are on there. So if you take it out of your diet, which of the 20, which ones of the 20 are the, are the ones that are causing you trouble, you won't know that. So, so 
you, you could take away a food item. You can say, I'm not going to eat apples anymore this week and see what happens. I'm not going to drink any more milk this week. I don't know what's going to happen. If you do the milk thing, you don't know where the other dairy is necessarily in what you're eating. It may be, it may be in some other hidden version of something that you're doing. Um, so, but and you may be successful. Maybe you find it. You know, if you are, you're lucky because you're in the, you're in the uh, small, uh, small proportion of people that can do that. But if you're really struggling with that, there are several labs that are out there that can actually do the um, to do testing, blood testing, to see which um, which items are trigger irritation. I use a, a specific lab out of Florida that we ship the blood overnight to, and within several days to a week or so, we get a very comprehensive report. It tests over 150 different food items, everything from additives to think ibuprofen and Tylenol. Our youngest daughter was having trouble with, um, I think it was tummy aches when she was really little. And we would give her some Tylenol at night. She would come complain. And she would started complaining more and more and more and started putting the story together and thought, well, maybe we ought to test her. Turns out she was actually reactive to Tylenol. Wow. So we were feeding a problem that we thought we were helping her with. So that's where things can get kind of tricky. But if you do a lab like that, and there are some other companies that do the same thing that that might give you a very similar answer. You subtract out the ones that you identify as highly reactive, kind of like getting an allergy, an allergy test to like dust or mold or animal dander. Same idea. You avoid the trigger and you feel better. That's the theory. And in many cases from what I've seen in my own personal professional experience, most of the time, if you follow the rules, you feel great. You may not be perfect, but you're a whole lot better than you were. Yeah. And that, you know, nobody wants to have a, a full gut that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to live. It's just sucks all your energy and you feel lethargic and tired. Yeah. Yuck. So would that mean that they have to go to their physician and say, hey, I want this test done? Well, I think before you start coming in with an idea that you need to have the testing done, I think you come in with the idea of telling the doctor what's going on. Yeah. Because if it could, Because there may be a symptom in your story that makes the doctor think, yeah, maybe we ought to look into some ear inflammatory bowel conditions, or maybe we need to rule some other things out before we go to that. Gotcha. You know, don't, don't miss out on some of the important things. Like I would hate to misdiagnose somebody with irritable bowels that actually has Crohn's disease because Crohn's disease can be very difficult for a person. It can have other complications that, you know, it's too long of a story to talk about here, but you can get complications from that. Ulcerative colitis carries a, a risk of, a high risk of colon cancer. If we miss that, you know, that, that's not good. So, yeah. so I would say tell the story and see what the physician, whether it's your regular medical physician or gastroenterologist, have him, have him or her listen to your story and, and decide from there, at least rule it out. Because this becomes, in my experience, it becomes more of a rule out condition where you say, I know it's not this, 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 or this, because we've done this, this, and this, to make sure it's not. And now we can come back to that idea that you're reacting to something. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's awesome. So really just to bring it all back in, you know, if somebody's having issues, you know, check your fiber, get in your water, and know, you know, when are your normal bowel movements? And I like that you brought that to light. You don't have to do it you know, use the bathroom like three times a day. That's not your norm, you know, and, and talking to your physician. And even if you can, 
um, weed things out from your diet just to see what irritates you. Um, and I like that you said it could be something natural. It could be like strawberries or something that's irritating you. You don't know because you've been eating them because they're healthy and they're strawberries, but really it's not doing your body very well. Just changing up your routine and just being aware of it. And I would really recommend write it down or use my fitness pal, just track what you're eating for the next couple of days. That way you have a journal that you don't have to rely on your memory. Like, Oh, did I eat that? Did I not? Um, and sometimes I'll do this with my clients of write it down and then make notes that day. What did you feel? Did it feel okay? Did you actually go a day without being inflamed and bloated? Did you actually have a bowel movement? Like, let's, let's check this. Like, let's keep track of this. That way when you do have an issue and you changed your diet, now we just have one day worth of food that we need to look at. Right. Well, and don't forget too, though, some of these, I shouldn't say don't forget, I didn't even say this. Um, you pay, pay attention that symptoms don't always happen immediately. This isn't like I got scratched by my a cat and I scratched, pet the cat and I'm sneezing within an hour. That's a totally different scenario. You can see delayed responses 24 to 48 hours later, sometimes that long. Um, the next day is a very common time to see responses that if you don't see them right away, just like some of that depends on your internal sensitivity. Do I have time for one more thing to talk about with this? Yeah, okay. Good. All right. I, I, I wanted to address the idea of probiotics. Thank you. Because that's, that's kind of important too. So, you know, I, I don't do a ton of antibiotic prescribing because they're really most cases of illnesses that we do see aren't bacterial that would be treated or cured with an antibiotic. Sometimes there are, but many of them are viral. Unfortunately though, it is, you know, for a long time it had been the standard of care that when you came in with sick with a fever, well, here's a shot of amoxicillin or pick an antibiotic of your choice. And that's great. It probably wasn't really necessary. And even if it was, you, you live, we all live with, it sounds kind of disgusting in a way, but we live with bacteria in our body everywhere. They live with us, they help us with things. There are bacteria that are supposed to be in the gut called lactobacillus and saccharomyces, some other, some other strains of bacteria that belong there. That um, when, you, when you use an antibiotic, it doesn't, the antibiotic doesn't say, well, I'm just gonna go to your sinuses. Or I'm just gonna go take care of that urinary infection. It goes through the gut first, and then it gets absorbed and into the system and, and circulates. So in your gut, those bacteria are sort of fragile in a way. And many different antibiotics can wipe out a whole set of them. And now you don't have them. So what happens, you've got an empty space. In some cases, that empty space can allow for what we term as pathological bacteria or bacteria that don't belong there to kind of take over, colonize, and spread. And then that can be a source of, of uh, inflammation or irritable bowels. So um, when I'm prescribing antibiotics, I usually recommend now, as I've learned more and more about this over the years, I would recommend, especially with the, the stronger versions, um, to get a bottle of probiotics. The brand doesn't matter. I think there's a lot of marketing about which one's better and which one's. I think if you stayed reasonable around the 50 billion units is the kind of the number to look at and make sure that lactobacillus is the, the, um, the probiotic that you're using. Even if you're getting probiotics in your yogurt or whatever, it doesn't matter, but make sure that you're getting some of that in your diet to kind of reestablish and crowd out, basically bring in the good crowd to throw the bad crowd out of the hood. 
um, it, that can be very helpful. Um, and I know I've seen that I've seen that a number of times, and it can be anything from constipation to diarrhea that the symptoms are are from. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that out. I, that that was one of my things was probiotics should be should people be taking them, and how much that that can help their their gut and just with everything. So, thank you for that. And if you have a history of being on antibiotics, so you know, if let's say you had a history of being on antibiotics two or three times a year, for whatever you, whatever illness and it doesn't matter which one just think about how many times you're insulting the intestines and and wiping out what's supposed to be there and just reestablishing only with an in a, a probiotic to kind of put more of the right stuff back into place doesn't always work very well so you I mean, that's kind of a bigger topic but in general just if you have gut troubles you can look back to your history and say, well, maybe there's something there. Maybe I really need to really work the probiotics more. There's really no defined do this much for this long with probiotics. There's a lot of suppositions and theories about that. And the general advice would be, you know, it doesn't hurt to do a probiotic. The worst thing that would happen would be those, those bacteria you're trying to bring back, you know, not necessary and you get rid of them. They don't really cause any harm. They're, they're just, they're kind of our friends. So are you, are you suggesting that people should take probiotics when they're um, on an antibiotic or should they take pro? Yes. pro okay. Okay. And then if they. While the on and then after, and then after even for a period of some time, I don't know what the time is. I, I, I usually just will randomly say a couple of weeks just to give some time, but and that's very random. It's not based on any hardcore fact. It's just to say, bring this back Sorry. No, that's okay. You're good. If somebody wanted to just have that a part of their routine is, is taking probiotics. Is that okay? Like forever? Does yeah. That okay. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's like taking, you know, there are certain vitamins you can take forever and never have a problem with. They the, the ones that dissolve in water, like the B vitamins, vitamin C. And I don't know if it really does much for you, but in terms of harm, there's no harm in those, those vitamins, which you don't need to get rid of. You know, vitamins A, D, E, and K, remember those four, those um, get stored in your body and can build up to a kind of a, a serious level that can cause problems for you if you overdo them. But the other vitamins are water-soluble and get rid of just some probiotics are just like that. They're not water-soluble per se, but they don't, you, you can't overload. That's so interesting. And that's so great to know. What a great topic. I, I, I just, I love it. I, I, it's, it's so nice to know what's normal, what's not, what do we need to be looking at? You know, if we're having issues, how do you address it to your doctor? You know, what things should you bring up? Um, and just knowing, hey, if something comes up, just pay attention to your diet. The last 24, 48 hours that could have sparked something and now you're just feeling an effect of it that it's not automatic. Because um, I will have some people who are like, oh, you know, my stomach's you know hurting and I just had ice cream 10 minutes ago, but it never hurt me before. And it's the same ice cream and it's, it's like, well, what else could it have been? Could it have been something earlier that day, the previous day, that it's not just mm -hmm. this right here? So I like that you, you made that picture again in my head, just because it's not a scratch and you bleed, it could be something else going on. Um, so I love that. Um, thank you so much, David, for being on here. What a great episode, I love it. I know oh, so many people are gonna get so much value from it. Um, and I know it's gonna answer a lot of questions. <laughs> 
that people are having. So I, I love that. Is there anything else that you want to add before we go? Um, to this, no. Just make sure that you don't try to be ro go rogue and take care of it on your own. All, all on your own when there's a possibility that something else could be brewing underneath it. Nobody should ever really assume the intestine is just you know, a simple organ. It's not. It's very complicated, and sometimes conditions are there. Make sure that you engage with your physician. I know that sounds kind of shameless plugging, but I'm um, shameless plug. It's important. Um, you can't take care of yourself if you don't really under. Even if you know the system, you need someone with an objective viewpoint to help you along with that. I agree a hundred percent. That is so so true. Well, thanks, David, for being on here, for your knowledge, for just for sharing everything and answering all my million questions that I gave you today. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. Um, uh, and again, I hope to see you again on here because we just love your knowledge and how you give us just basic answers and it's not sciencey where we can't, you know, we're like, what what does that mean? So I like that you're just down to earth. Um, and just giving really great tips and advice to help us better our health um, and make it easier. And just knowing certain things and how to approach certain things, it's, it's very good to hear that and being able to see what our next steps are. So I we appreciate your time um, yeah. and everything. So sure. we'll see you again. Yes, thanks so much for having me again. Thanks, David. Take care.